0: Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Libro Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. <laughs> the Libra Cube That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. Steamed you call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Libero Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Libero Cube This show is a journey into my mind palace. Ooh, not so much a palace as a dusty attic is how I often have referred to it on this very podcast. Why would I say such a thing? Because every once in a while you got to record a podcast and clear it out. Yep, that's what I'm doing right here, right now. Talking of all the media I have consumed so it doesn't just sit up there and gather dust because that is not good for no one. It's good for no one, I say. I should also say, nice segue. That you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so there is potential that I could ruin it for you. So I warn of spoilers. Hmm. Oh, shit. (laughs) Forgot to get my my newfangled little uh, button thing uh, mix. What's it called? Uh, Soundboard, soundboard. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I said this last time. Uh, I had some uh, difficulties with the... Uh, a timer I used to use, uh, and then because I'm doing things a little differently in this post-episode 500 world um, where I might skip a, a segment or so or might do them in different order, who knows what's going to happen? It's craziness, I know. Um, uh, instead, I downloaded an app. Oh, you know what? I should tell you what it is. I, I could work this into the uh, internet intercourse segment. It's called Simple Board, and it allows you to create... Uh, a soundboard where all you do is push a button and it will play the the sound that you have on your phone could be a song could be as I have here the uh, the the sounds for the different segments of the show could be anything could be fart sounds you can make uh, and you know what's cool about that you could record your own farts and put them on the soundboard folks what an age we live in let me push the first button it's not a fart though I promise Monologue. today's movie monologue sponsor is el diablo hot sauce thank you for that sponsorship okay i have just two movies yeah in in this new fangled post uh, episode 500 world you know what i used to do be like oh shit i've only got two movies i better watch another couple so i have them for the podcast now i'm like you know what What the hell? I just got two. You know what? Up until yesterday, I just had one. And that one movie was John Wick from 2014. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have talked the misses into watching all three John Wick movies. We're going to watch one a weekend for presumably three weeks is the plan. Although I guess we won't really have time this weekend. So, you know, there's that. That's behind the scenes action for you. Uh, I, I gotta say, I, I did see this back in the day. I guess probably in 2014 when it came out, maybe 2015. I don't know. Uh, and I do remember enjoying it very, very much. And I like the second one. Um, but rewatching it, man, I, I, I forgot how much I enjoy this. Like, uh, let me just go right off the bat my rating easy, simple, simple five out of five. Some definite six out of five goosebumps. Holy shit, this is a cool movie moment. I'm not joking. That happened. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, Kano Reeves plays the titular... <laughs> titular. John Wick, uh, an ex hitman man, come out of retirements to track down the gangsters that killed his dog and took everything from him. Well, yeah, took the life of his dog. Um, there's a reason why... Uh, like, I, I know a, a dog lover, if your dog is killed, the potential for you going on a rampage and killing... Uh, those Who Killed Your Dog does exist, but there are other circumstances. It's more than than that, I, w- I will say. You know, without giving away what exactly? Uh, just the, the, the action is a level that... I was going to say, is it believable? Okay, maybe... Ha- ooh, 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 how about this? The The action of this movie treads the line of believability. There's there's moments where uh, it, it seems like, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm, uh, holy shit, can you believe that just happened? The th- things like that uh, sort of pop out throughout. Uh, it, it's more than just an action movie. There's, there's things sort of going on behind the scenes which I think... Definitely in the second movie, and I assume in the third movie as well, we're sort of delving into this world of hit men and women, which is uh, interesting. Always a sort of a fascinating subject for an action movie. So, needless to say, if you haven't seen John Wick, uh, I, I will say the missus who uh, the action genre is not potentially her favorite. She does enjoy them from time to time. She very much liked it. Like, I think she was uh, she, she was Heimler as well. So, you know, very, very good. Looking forward to the second one. Uh, yeah, moving on to Eramentari. Aramantari. An orphan girl discovers that the reclusive blacksmith is keeping a demon in prison in order to avoid paying his debt to the devil. Oh, um, What <laughs> was this movie? Uh, okay, so going from a 5 out of 5 all the way down to this 1 out of 5? It wasn't good. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, A lot of it I didn't know what was going on. Some of it may have been the fact that it was dubbed, which I didn't realize going in. Uh, I don't know what the... uh, I'm trying actually to look. I've got the IMDb open. Uh, I don't actually know what the original language this movie was filmed in, but it was in English. That I can verify by the movements of the mouths and the uh, sounds coming out of them not matching up at all. Uh, Yeah... There was, <laughs> I think, one of my main issues was the fact that the the one of the the devils the one of the demons in this uh, reminded me of one from I can't remember I want to say Kids in the Hall but I'm not sure if that's right. Uh, uh, like like a really quintessential sort of corny demon, uh, right down to like almost like the red skin suit. It, it was a little more than that. Actually, on that note, uh, without giving too much away of this movie that I don't recommend you watch, anyways. Uh, there was a time where they go to hell. Ooh, H-E double hockey, hockey sticks. Um, and there met uh, a bunch of different demons and, and I will say uh, it was all, at least I assume it was all practical effects and it was done very, very well. The, the makeup, whoever did the makeup in this movie, um, did a great job. Yeah. So give that person money. Moving on. talk today's television talk sponsor is conglomo thank you for that sponsorship okay i have two uh televisions to bring back for you one of them is in fact five count them well no need to count them i'm telling you five Seasons of one television program called BoJack Horseman, available for your viewing pleasure, and I can confirm pleasure, uh, on Netflix. Okay, so let me preface this by saying, and I don't actually know if I brought this back to the podcast or not way back when. When uh, season one first aired, I watched, I think, two or three episodes, and uh, I didn't care for it. Yeah, well, like, I, I didn't watch the rest of the season, at the very least. It's not that I didn't like it, it just didn't pull me in would be how I would describe it. Uh, So that fact sort of sat with me over the course of these five seasons, uh, up to and including the fact that uh, people I like and respect quite often would speak highly of this. And I was like, really? Okay. Eventually, they wore me down, and uh, I revisited, uh, including watching the initial episodes I watched. Uh, I I said to myself, I'll tell you what, I'm at least going to get to season two and see, because season ones of television shows are quite often not great. Um, And I will say, the first few episodes of this, it's a weird show, if you don't know. It's an animated show, Uh, that exist in a world in which uh, humans and anthropomorphic animals coexist for some reason. (laughs) I I don't really know. It's just like, uh, take everyone on Earth, change 75%, 80%? I wonder what the percent is. uh, 80% of them into anthropomorphic animals, and then just, it's the world. (laughs) They do mention the fact that, you know, Bojack Horseman is, of course, a horse. Of course. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, it, and there are jokes and, and allusions to people being different animals. Qu- quite often, actually, though, uh, w- something they do that I like is those style of jokes, those. Some people are just half animals not half animals anthropomorphic animals uh, are, are in the background or during scene transitions You'll see something in the background that has to do with this weirdness But quite often the show is just a hundred percent played as if it was normal Which uh, which is fascinating which gets me into the reason that I'm going to give Bojack Horseman. A, ooh, well, I give him a five. Oh uh, Okay, well, this is a good example for you listening to this, of the fact that I don't write down my ratings um, my show notes are almost non-existent uh, and I come in here with sort of no idea what I'm going to say <laughs> which is sometimes blatantly obvious uh, but in the case of Bojack Horseman, I feel like I can't quite give it a five. Uh, maybe it was just some of the slownesses uh, at the start oh jeez. Okay, so that's my rating yeah, mm-hmm. convoluted uh, and the reason it is getting that convoluted and very high rating is because they do things in this show that uh, live action shows I don't think ever would do. It, to levels of darkness that happen in this that were at times shocking to the degree where my jaw literally dropped. Uh, on more than one occasion that I can think of. Um, like, like breaking down bad level of darkness in some cases. It just, just insane things happen in this cartoon show, uh, which which I love that sort of juxtaposition as well. It's a cartoon. Imagine <laughs> you were uh, a kid watching cartoons in your jammies in the 90s and then this comes on and you uh, and you put it on and you're sitting there and you're eating your cereal in the morning on Saturday and some of the shit that happens in the show would probably scare you for life. So, that I like. That appeals to me. Uh, okay, so moving on to Rocker... Rockers. Rocko's Modern Life, colon, Static Clang. Ah! Fascinating that this exists, first and foremost. Um, speaking of, yeah, Saturday Morning Cartoons, back in the 90s, or was this in the... 2000s. Anyways, it was a show I used to watch. Actually, I rewatched it not too, too long ago, and I think may have spoken of it on this very podcast. I could be wrong. It's 500 plus episodes. Come on, got me some slack. Uh, and, and it was one of those cartoons similar to Spongebob Uh, came before Spongebob, I do believe, where uh, a kid can watch it and have fun, and it's all sort of goofy images and and sort of dumb jokes, but then also behind the scene, there's some very smart jokes and some very things aimed at adults, which uh, I I think is something some of the best cartoons take that route, and this very much does. Um, This came back for this one-off movie, I guess you would call it, to netflix yeah thank you netflix for uh taking a chance on something like this because uh, i think it came out well um a lot of the jokes were of the dumb variety (laughs) very much so um that being said there was definitely enjoyment to have i wonder and i wonder this often it comes up on the podcast um uh, how much of my enjoyment of this is uh from nostalgia yeah uh, definitely some has to be, so when I give my rating of 4.369, uh, you know, some of that might be nostalgia, so take that into account, why don't you? Moving on. <coughs> Game Gabin. Today's Game Gabin sponsor is Gum Gums Gum. Thank you for that sponsorship in which for which we have a DD recap yes another one of these uh session six i've never had uh a DD campaign in which i've been a part of playing or dming that has had so many episodes so quickly in a row because we're playing bi-weekly And a little bit more lately. Uh, So, you know, cool beans that I have all these uh, recaps for you. uh, Because I haven't been playing much video games. Uh, Just on the note of video games, which this segment is often devoted to, uh, I've jumped back into Fallout 76. Yeah, I want to get that goddamn backpack. So, you know, maybe we'll talk of my journey doing that in another episode if I don't have a recap. Let's continue. Dearest Alshanary. If I could live forever to fill your pages with all the world's knowledge, I would. It does it not take a genius to realize that this is very unlikely? So, when the inevitable happens, I want you to move on and find another. Equally dearest whoever found this book, should you not wish to take up the mantle of this tome of all knowledge? All I ask is that you try to find someone who does. <clears throat> when I look up from this fascinating species of... Oh, Grass, I saw three dead wargs, so we must have been successful in our fight and can continue through the town with the hopeful end result of ridding it of goblins who have infested it, as well as finding out the details of what transpired here. The Dusk and Pale Wolf will wait in one of the two guard towers at the entrance to Nightstone while the rest of us, somewhat, stealthily move in to investigate the incessant bell ringing that is coming from the temple. My initial assumption that the tolling of the bell was either a warning or a cry for help proves incorrect when it turns out it is simply two simple-minded goblins having a laugh at a loud sound. Noctis bust open the door to the area behind the pulpit from which the bell is rung, and the two surprise goblins only have a moment before May, in her dire wolf form, teleports into their midst. Uh, even at my advanced age, I do not believe I have ever seen a teleporting wolf, so it is no wonder the goblins shriek loudly. The shrieks give me an idea, though. Once the goblins are dispatched, I ask Noctis to continue ringing the bell for a minute while I summon my unseen servant Belvedere so that he can continue with the ringing so that A. the goblins will not come to investigate why the ringing has stopped and B. the tolling will continue to mask the sounds of our movement as we try to tackle the goblins, infesting the town in small groups rather than all at once. Uh, We decide... The ridding of this town of goblins will be done in a methodically clockwise manner so that Nadrina, somewhat stealthily scouting the way ahead, we proceed to the aptly named Nightstone Inn, where we were not so fondly greeted by Gum Gum the Goblin Goblin, who tries to escape with her massive sack that upon her dispatch turns out to be full of nothing much other than an incredible amount of foodstuffs. On the second floor of the inn, we are not so warmly greeted by a poison crossbow bolt fired from a trapped door. Nadrina was fortunate enough to spot the trap, so I can use my mage hand to open the door uh, with no one harmed by its firing. Uh, inside the room, Noctis spots the figure who May has smelt, had both barricaded and hidden herself in the room. Uh, I will freely admit that Kella, at first, seemed amiable, and I assumed she had just found herself in an untenable situation, but the evidence starts to add up that she's not quite what she seems. And it is halfway through telling us that, this massive, that the massive, smooth stones that are peppered throughout the town and that have smashed many buildings were dropped from up high by a group of cloud giants. Uh, yeah, if you don't know Cloud Giants, dear reader, listener, uh, they uh, live in floating castles and can drop big stones from on high. Interesting. Uh, cloud Giants, who also swooped in and stole the titular... <laughs> titular? <laughs> uh, it's twice in one podcast I got the giggle at that. The titular Nightstone from the center of town, uh, making our original mission impossible for now. It was... This onslaught that the town's folk found they had no recourse against, so they fled, allowing the goblins to swoop in and take advantage of the situation. Where was I? Oh yes, Uh, it was mid this explanation from Kella that with both literal and figurative hackles raised, I relay through our bracers telepathic link, we should perhaps capture Kella. Uh, She must have sensed this, so she bolted and almost made it away, but thanks to a timely pounce from May and an arrow shot from Nadrina, we managed to stop both her and her flying snake bracelet from escaping. Uh, with Noctis not being part of our ter- telepathic link, he must have thought we all went mad, but then, through our combined insight, knowledge, and intimidation, a story starts to form. <coughs> Kella was sent by Zolan uh head of the Zentarum Order. Ooh. Uh, not only that, but apparently she was sent as a spy in order to lay the groundwork for these nasty duplicitous folk to move into Nightstone and make it their own. Step number one of trying to prevent that is to raise the drawbridge, which we have done. And step number two will be to will be the continuation of cleaning out the goblins, which we then continued after, of course, opening a large locked chest left behind by the former occupants of Nightstone. Perhaps one day we will return this loot. Perhaps not. Further steps uh, we can do to stop this very defensible position from falling into the wrong hands, I currently have no idea. Anyone else I have written. Uh, moving forward, the ruckus from the nearby livestock pens had me momentarily worried we were about to have a face off with some dire chickens. But fortunately, it was simply normal chickens being chased by goblins. They managed to catch one, which I released, which I released in front of Wolf May. Yeah, May is a druid. She was in a wolf form for most of this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she would burp like that. No, she wouldn't. Uh, who seemed to eye it for a moment before licking her lips. Uh, this area cleared, we work our way out into the adjoining barn, only to have Noctis shot from above by a cowardly hidden goblin. A goblin who proved most adept at hiding, uh, reminding me of a carnival game I played as a youth, a wack a dire mole. Uh, Pressing onward, we come across a small cottage with perhaps the most dire warning I have ever read. The fact that it was written in Inferno gives me enough pause that I am tempted to cast Detect Magic before entering, but fear that ten minutes of chanting would likely be better put off until we finish dealing with any remaining goblins. Like those playing some sort of game involving running around with pumpkins on their heads and whacking each other with switches. When Noctis asks to join in, they oblige with a few playful whacks, but he clearly wins the game by slicing one of them in half with a mighty swing. Uh, among the possessions of these playful goblins is, perhaps unsurprisingly, a teddy bear which May and myself agree to share on rotating knights. I would like to note at this point that a goblin bearing, barricading itself in a multi-level tower is nothing to sneeze at. Its cries for help unfruitful as they are eventually we dispatch it with some help from a minor illusion cast by nadrina forcing it upwards with the sound of fire crackling between the view from atop the tower and the nose of may in her wolf form we deduce the town has been mostly cleared other than a few pockets of resistance the keep is another matter and is another matter though, but we can cross that broken bridge when we get to it. A final note is that May also smelt something she is totally unfamiliar with, and it is my hope it is something that will help rather than hinder, but only time will tell if that is the case. Oh, and I have to remember to get back the weighted quill I inadvertently lodged in Noxtus's arm. Folks, that's the end of that recap. Yeah, uh, I uh, crit failed at throwing. A, I, I have darts. Darts are just sort of a common weapon that a wizard might have. They they're like darts that you would throw at a dartboard, just a little heavier, cause a little more damage. Uh, I reskinned mine as quills because my uh, my dude is writing stuff down all the time. So there's a logic to it. I love logic in a game. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Gottfried's Fried Snot. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, Good One, which is a podcast. Is it called the Good One Podcast? Or is this called Good One? I actually don't know off the top of my head. Oh wait, I have it open here. Just called Good One. Uh, Yeah, uh, so if you're unfamiliar with this podcast, I'm fairly confident that I have brought it back to talk about before. Uh, Host, name, uh what is the host name how embarrassing uh see all episodes Shit. vulture i know that spotify rss i don't think that'll work I- i'm gonna get his name and uh you know what I'd normally i w- would uh, good ones jokes about because senior editor Yeah, uh, okay, that's it. Jesse David Fox. Whew. They don't make it easy to find your name on the HeadGum site that I have open, Jesse David Fox. Uh, Anyways, the episode uh, I'm talking about is the one in which Gilbert Gottfried came on and talked about his quote-unquote joke, uh, The Aristocrats. Uh, I'll put his in quotes because it's, it's sort of a famous joke. Um, that many people have their own takes on. Uh, his is probably just the most famous, I would question. Probably, probably. I, I would make that assumption. He he, he tells it well. Uh, and, and this podcast as a whole is one in which host, <laughs> Jesse David Fox, um, will talk to comedians about uh, their jokes. Uh, usually they will, uh, in fact, I think always, uh, they will pick uh, a specific joke to talk about Uh, And then they'll sort of talk about it. They'll uh, do the podcast thing of, you know, just sort of shoot the shit a little bit. And it's fun. And uh, it dissects comedy, which, uh, for some reason, I very, very much enjoy. Uh, Comedians, Comedians podcast, good one. I I think there's another one. Just a general podcast where comedians are involved. Sometimes comedy and jokes get dissected. And uh, it's something I very much enjoy for some reason. It almost doesn't make sense that I like it. But I do. And seemingly others do as well. Uh, So... I bring it back here. I mention it because that's what I do in the internet intercourse segment of this podcast. Moving on to uh, Bruce Green, Drunk Man of Medan. Yes, so I think last episode was actually dedicated to Bruce Green. Uh, So that was because of his leaving of Funhouse, which is very, very sad. Uh, And I decided with him uh, moving on to, uh, if not uh, uh, bigger things, certainly better things from his perspective. Uh, He is playing video games. (laughs) <laughs> On Twitch, I, I would recommend checking out his streams. Just got a new computer, I saw, so that's uh, pretty good. I, I decided to watch him play a horror game. I, I don't normally watch long form. Like it was altogether, it was broken up into four points, uh, four parts. Uh, and I think they were about an hour each, so that's four hours of watching someone play a video game. I very rarely do that, and I think I only have done that before in the past with horror games, and uh, which this, I guess, is. It kind of is. I didn't find it very scary at all, uh, which I know I wasn't playing it. But, like, even watching people play scary video games sometimes gets me on edge. Uh, this one didn't uh, really at all, so, you know, it didn't seem like a scary experience for those playing or myself watching. Anyways, that's that's the game Man of Medan. That's what they played. Uh, anyways, uh, as I was saying, yes, uh, I, I tend to only watch horror ones because I can't play those games. <laughs> Uh, So it's nice to have other people do it for me, so I can uh, lessen the terror slightly. Mm -hmm. He played with uh, his girlfriend, I don't think they're married, Uh, his girlfriend Autumn, as well as uh, Bones, who uh, is also uh, from Funhouse. Funhaus, currently working there, I do believe. Uh, And they were drinking while playing, which uh, was very obvious by the play of Bones, who, uh, if you're unfamiliar with this game, it's one in which... Uh, you have to quite often do quick time events, which if you don't know what that is, uh, something will pop up on screen saying push this button and you have to push that button within a certain amount of time. He missed, li- I don't think he got one. I-, I know he said he got one, but I don't think he even got that one. Uh, he missed every single one he had to do. Uh, whether it was uh, uh, drunkenness, tiredness, that was definitely a factor because they were playing like around midnight. Uh, It was funny to watch him do so, so horribly. Uh, What was less funny was the fact that he was the loudest one there and closest to the microphone, (laughs) what they should have done uh autumn was uh, they were sitting in a a two in front autumn in the back what they should have done is put uh uh, autumn in the front with bruce and bones in the back who was the loudest and that would have made it you know perfect audio quality as far as i'm concerned anyways moving on to three questions with andy richter with guest scott thompson yes a fascinating interview love scott thompson Uh, uh From way back in the day, its original airing probably was too young to watch Kids in the Hall, but it did so anyways. And it probably helped form the comedy brain I have, such as it is. So I'm sorry, Scott Thompson. Uh, um, But uh, it it was great to hear sort of uh, some of the trials and tribute. Well, not great, but interesting to hear some of the trials and tribulations scott thompson has gone through just in terms of uh his career which uh, i agree wholeheartedly with both andy's and definitely scott's sentiment that uh, he should be uh, a big movie star like he's 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 very good at what he does um he has a podcast which did i write down what it is uh i'm sure you could find out i don't think i uh Wrote it down. Uh, one interesting little uh, tidbit. Oh yeah, there it is. A uh, pts diva. So like PTSD, but then put diva at the end. Because <laughs> he he's had some tough times from the sounds of it. Uh, and so is Andy as well. So the two of them are, are sort of like a, an unlikely duo uh, for some reason. Uh, and uh, I don't really know why I thought that originally, but they have an incredible amount uh, in common up to and including the fact that. Uh, both Andy's dad and son are gay, which is interesting. Oh, uh, Scott Scott Thompson. If you somehow didn't know him, you might not know. Uh, also, a gayman. Uh so, so they, I guess that's one of the things they sort of have to talk about they, the, the, in, their, in their conversations that exist not on podcast form, which uh, seemingly happens very often, which I like. I like the thought of these two just sitting around shooting the shit. Uh, it's good. And uh, whatever you do, listening to this, uh, should you see Scott Thompson in a thing, uh, check out that thing because uh, he, he's always good. Uh, Okay, moving on to Andrea Renee's final episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Oh, yeah. Uh, So similar, but uh, I I will say, just on the note of Bruce Green leaving Funhouse last week, that hit me harder because I watch every single one and have for many, many years. Um, Andrea Renee leaving the podcast Kind of Funny Games Daily, which is a video game-themed podcast that I listen to. You guessed it. (laughs) excuse me, daily. So, uh, the fact that she's been on so many episodes and is leaving... Is that uh, her similarly to Bruce moving on to uh, seemingly b- bigger, better things? I don't know. She's moving away from where they filmed to uh, L.A., so maybe she is going to be still in the biz and we'll see her around, which is good, because uh, she was had very strong opinions, which I appreciated. Uh, she, she would not back down. <laughs> she, she, she was very good... Uh, in the format of the show, which is two people sitting there talking of video games. Uh, she would uh, have good questions, uh, um, and she made for an in- interesting show, so she will be missed. And uh, when, when uh, Greg, who's the, the sort of main host, I guess you would say, uh, the creator of Kind of indie Games, uh, Greg Miller, when he was sort of giving his, his tearful goodbyes, they were tearful, As I just said. Uh, And and it was all very, very sad. And you could tell that they were going to miss her. So, I liked it. Uh, I I don't like that she's leaving. But I I like that people who work together in this sort of uh, field can uh, develop an appreciation for one another. And and when they split up, there's there's a sadness there. So, you know, just like you leaving this podcast behind as it's over. Folks, how about that for a friggin' dumb Sedway. Sedway? It's like a segue, but different. Oh, thank God I'm done. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean But You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email Jordan. at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine